one of the great prides of my life is that I grew up in an organization called the American Natural Hygiene Society that was led by pioneer physicians like Dr. Herbert Shelton, Dr. William Esser, Dr. Chris Curcio, Dr. Robert Anderson, and then, and then uh, people that they inspired a little later on, including today's Dr. Alan Goldhammer, Dr. Joel Furman, Dr. Frank Sabatino. They all kind of came out of this health movement. But this is like 1948. This is 74, 74 years ago. Next year, we're going to be celebrating our 75th anniversary. You have more power over your health than what you've been told. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast, and I'm your host, Maya Acosta. I'm passionate about finding healthy lifestyle solutions to support optimal human health. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase longevity in a big way. Let's get started. How do you go from being a raw foodist, completely raw, up to the age of 32, to embracing a whole food plant-based lifestyle, and then becoming the president of the National Health Association and editor of the Health Science Magazine? Well, my guest, Mark Huberman, is here to tell us his story about how he was born into the raw food diet, and he will tell us about the upcoming annual conference by NHA, that's June 24th through the 26th. And also make sure that you listen to the entire episode because I have a link for you guys. If you're interested in registering for the conference, it's available virtually. I have an affiliate link in the show notes. Please look for it. And I hope to see you virtually. Welcome, Mark. Good to be here. I'm happy to have you here. It is an honor. And uh, I want to kind of give a preview to our listeners about some of the things that we'll talk about. So first, I have your magazine, the Health Science Magazine. It is beautiful. I have I know a couple of people who have been featured here, uh, aside from some of the well known uh, physicians and other people. But yeah, you have great content. It's a beautiful magazine. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about the vegan cruise that you you hold every year and an upcoming conference also that you have every June. We'll, we're going to talk about that as well. But first, I would love a little bit of insight as to the recent cruise that you completed in April. So the little bit of a difference in the cruise, you use the term vegan cruise, and that's got kind of a reputation of the holistic holiday at sea, those kind of big cruises, big ship and all of that. Ours are a little bit different. Ours are much more intimate. Uh, we work with Lisa McCarl of McCarl Travel, who's a life member of the NHA. She's a, an amazing, her and her husband, uh, she's just an amazing travel agent. And she hooked up with Wanda a few years ago. And in 2019, we did a cruise up the Rhine River in Germany, which is the first time I ever did one of these cruises. And what's very unique about ours, again, it's not a big ship. These are small ships of 150 to 300 people total on the boat. Um, but all of the meals, my wife is in charge of all of the meals. And so she works with the, with the cruise company. So all of our meals are not only whole food, 100% whole food, plant-based, but they're all the, what we consider the gold standard. They're SOS free without added oil, salt, salt, oil, or sugar. And, um, they're buffet style. Uh, and, uh, so it's just a wonderful thing to, to be on a, you know, sometimes when you go on a, my experience anyway on big cruise ships is you go from port to port to port and you're on ship and it's all about just kind of living on ship mainly and the entertainment and it's all very nice for people who like to do that. What's nicer about the smaller things that we do is you go from port to port 
you know, you, you, you go on the river during the evening, you get to someplace, but ours are active cruises. So you get off and you go bicycling, you go, you go touring the parks. It's not just going to the tourist shops and buying your discount gold and things like that, but you come back to the ship and there are all your meals and you don't have to think about it. And it's uh it's a great, um, I guess I would say it's a great sense of community. Um, the, when we did the 2019 cruise, it was just before COVID. So it was just a perfect time. We went from Frankfurt to Amsterdam and it was wonderful. Uh, and then COVID got in the way. And, and then finally we resumed in this cruise to the Baja that just took place a couple of weeks ago. My wife led that primarily to meet with the chef of, of, um, of that cruise line to just because it's the same ship and the same chefs that are going to be doing the uh, Alaska cruise that we have coming in August and the Galapagos in 2023. So she really wanted to make sure they understood that, you know, that whole food plant-based is not plant-based. It's SOS free. There's no vegetable broth, commercial broth. There's not a bouillon. Uh, it's, it's a lot of education. So she did it. People had a great time there. I think there were about 50, 60 people on the Baja cruise. Um, and, uh, there, it'll be all kinds of highlights will be in the upcoming issue of the magazine. But they really are great times. Again, it's a, there's a sense of community. I think, I think in my many, many years in this health movement, um, following this lifestyle can be very lonely. Um, I, I'm sure if you're like the Huberman's, you guys, you and you, Dr. Riz, you don't get invited to dinner to a lot of places. Right. Uh, and a lot of people don't come to your house for dinner. It is a wonderful thing to be with a community of like-minded people. There's even so many people in this movement that are doing it alone, where a husband and wife, maybe it's just the wife or just the husband or not the children, to be able to come together as a community with like-minded people all doing the same thing is pretty special, pretty reinforcing. I like to say when people come to our conferences and now on these cruises, it kind of like recharges your battery. Uh, you're, you're really with like-minded people. So that's the secret sauce of what we do. They're more, they're smaller, they're intimate. These cruises are active. You don't just sit on a ship. You go, you tour national parks, things like that. You go zip lining if you want to zip line. You do those sort of things. And then your meals are gold standard. So that's, that's the special thing about the NHA cruises that we've developed a pretty, pretty good pattern. Well, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to possibly joining one of those cruises. My husband and I really did our homework and we said that's what we want because we did do in 2019 the Holistic Holiday at Sea and it's like a conference a, a combination, a conference on in a cruise. And like many people, when we go to conferences, we want to meet. You know, our our role models, um, our heroes, and we want to attend all the lectures and learn. But I'll tell you, I was so tired after that cruise. I was exhausted that when it came to port, I sort of wasn't even interested. I just wanted to rest on the ship. Um, what you're talking about is that approach that people like about cruising. Um, is basically enjoying the environment, enjoying the food, enjoying the locations that you're visiting. You've added the active component to it. But more than anything, yes, you're right. We don't get invited very often <laughs> to dinner. <laughs> we don't have, it's not, you know, we don't share a meal every day with individuals who have the same values as us when it comes to eating clean 
whole foods as well as SOS free, salt, oil, and sugar free. So yes, uh, I think we're going to try to, you know, reserve a spot ahead of time because it sounds like your, your cruises sell out fast. They do. Yeah. Baja was not a sellout only because I think this was again, the first one post COVID and it's still right in between, you know, even things are changing now about vaccines, about PCR tests. And it's just different. I just saw today that, that, uh, that Israel, which is a company that was very strict about vaccines and things, just did away with their PCR test. You don't even have to test when you get there or before you leave. Same thing with England. Dr. Frank Sabatino, his, uh, his uh, significant other, Janie, is in, in London, and she can travel there now. He can travel back and forth without restrictions. So, uh, again, people are a little more comfortable traveling. The Baja Cruise was the first trial after all of this. And, and so some people were hesitant, but enough went to make it a great time. Well, I'm sorry that I missed that one because I, there was a time when I lived in San Diego. So I've always wanted to do that cruise around Baja and see you come around Cio Cortez, right? All the way yep. through. So exactly right. ah, too bad. I'll tell you what, if, you're, if you get back to San Diego, right before my wife went on the cruise to, San, to, to lead the cruise to uh, Baja on the Sea of Cortez, Wanda and I spent a week at Dr. Furman's retreat in the hills of San Diego. And if you really want to treat you and, doc- and the good doctor to a great time, you visit Dr. Furman's retreat, the Eat to Live retreat in the hills. It's one of the most beautiful places you'll ever be. This is like, this is like a healthy canyon ranch. It's just the air is beautiful. The weather's beautiful. You're, you're a hop, skip, and a jump from La Jolla Cove and Laguna Beach. And it's just, it's just, and, and again, your meals are, beyond beyond so it's just a beautiful location and I, I put it high up on the point cards if you if you find yourself in San Diego there you go okay and we'll, we'll talk more about that because Dr. Furman is one of your speakers for the annual conference yes, so yeah. you're going to give us a history lesson Mark and I'm very excited about this because I, I love to read I enjoy learning about this world that we're involved in so basically you're part of the National Health Association, like we've said, but that was established in 1948. But when we think of like our heroes, and you've said it often, you know, we think, oh, it was Dr. Dean Ornish who came up with this way of living or Dr. McDougall, who is the one that I learned from. So we all have the individuals that have impacted us. But you, you've been around much longer, uh, preaching a much cleaner diet. You're going to tell us your story of how you were raised pretty much as a raw food is. So how did that come about? And, uh, and then tell us about who the true pioneers are. Sure. Well, I, I think um, that most people think that the whole food plant-based health movement uh, began when T. Colin Campbell kind of wrote the China study and invented the term whole food plant-based. And he said it wasn't perfect because as we know, plant-based potato chips are plant-based. Marijuana is plant-based, but to differentiate vegan, which, you know, didn't necessarily mean healthy and things like that, he, he needed a term. And so it was a pretty good term and we still use it. And I, and I think the world uses it now. And uh, we just try to refine it a little better. We say hundred percent whole food uh, and rather than plant-based whole plant foods rather than plant-based, because again, just for the limitations of the term. But most people, again, I think, think that, you know, when, when, when in 2010 or 2011, when Forks Over Knives came out and featured Dr. Campbell, who had written his book a few years earlier, that these, this is where it all came from. But one of the, one of the great prides of my life 
is that I grew up in an organization called the American Natural Hygiene Society that was led by pioneer physicians like Dr. Herbert Shelton, Dr. William Esser, Dr. Chris Curcio, Dr. Robert Anderson, and then and then uh, people that they inspired a little later on, including today's Dr. Alan Goldhammer and Dr. Joel Furman, Dr. Frank Sabatino. They all kind of came out of this health movement. But this is like 1948. This is 74, 74 years ago. Next year, we're going to be celebrating our 75th anniversary. And from the very beginning, um, you know, they didn't use until Dr. Goldhammer coined the term SOS free. Um, it was a nice terminology for the world to use, but our organization, Whole Foods, meant Whole Foods. Meant uh, you, you didn't, you didn't, you, 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 you ate more live foods than even cooked foods. You didn't have oil, salt, sugar. These weren't foods. These weren't whole foods. These weren't peppers and tomatoes and cucumbers and things like that. Now, obviously, science evolves a little bit, but we, we, our organization really has been the torchbearer for this movement for a very long time. I think what has happened and what's given great credibility to the movement is that Dr. Esselstyn, Dr. Campbell, uh, Dr. Ornish, uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Barnard, and of course, our own Joel Furman and the, these MDs, articulate spokesmen. They've written books. They're, they're, they're great uh, spokespeople for this health movement, have given us a credibility that we never enjoyed. Dr. Shelton, Dr. Esser, these guys that were part of our health movement simply had their observations. They had health retreats where people went and they'd engage in water fasting and put them on a, fa- on, a, on, a, on a vegetarian diet and people got well. They just observed it, that they got well. They knew it empirically. But now through the work of Dr. Esselstyn and Dr. Furman and Dr. Ornish, they've documented what these people knew. So who, who is Mark Huberman? My parents were early pioneers in this movement, not as doctors, but as adherents. They just, you know, why do some people, as I'm sure you've been doing these podcasts for a long time, why do some people just get it? And some people, and and so many people don't. So many people, my, my late great father used to say, the most people don't worry about their health until after they've lost it. But even that isn't always the determination. How many people do we know have a heart attack? And then go back to smoking or go back to drinking and things like that. But there are people that the light goes off. They just see the wisdom of, of the, 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 the logic, the science, the health, the, the, the humanity, the beauty of it all. Uh, that were my parents. So 1948, 49, 50, to recognize those principles, they were way ahead of their time. And they became members of the American Natural Hygiene Society, now called the National Health Association. And they would go to these annual conferences and they'd be around like-minded people and they'd be around charismatic people like Dr. Shelton and Dr. Scott. They'd read his books. Now people read the books of Dr. Furman and they read the books of Dr. Esselstyn and Dr. Barnard and, 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 and Dean Ornish. There's so many great spokesmen, but these people were just way ahead of their time. So my parents being way ahead of their time had their own health issues, uh, overcame their health issues. I come along they were real, almost religiously enthusiastic about this way of living. So that's how they raised me. And they raised me at a, you know, I look back on it sometimes in amazement to be raised on raw foods. Even to be raised as a vegan was a little you know, unique. But to be raised on raw fruits and vegetables for, in 1951, 
1950s, 1960s, there were no salad bars around. There were no Whole Foods. But we were a great family. Uh, my parents were just, uh, they, they don't, when they make parents, they don't make it any better than, than I was blessed with. And um, they loved me and they knew what was best for me. And they took me around a long line of people. And so I would go to these conferences. I grew up not knowing anything else, but this way to enjoy life and enjoy eating. And then as I attended our conferences and was around growing up with Joel Furman and Alan Goldhammer and, and, and Michael Clapper and lead, meeting all these people, they, they affirmed as I got older, I, I was able to realize myself that science was documenting the way that I maybe grew up kind of religiously or just as a belief. Now it's validated and that's pretty personally rewarding. And so I'm, I guess I like to say that I'm going to be 71 years old uh, at our conference this June. Um, I don't think I look 71. I don't think I act 71. My grand, my new grandchild doesn't think I act 71. Um, so I think I've been blessed with pretty good health. I'm not, I don't make a claim that I'm going to live to be like Methuselah. I have no guarantees in this world. We all have our limitations, but I think kind of in this era of COVID where everybody talks about immunity, I think I've been building my immunity my whole life, and I'm optimistic that every day the choices I make are extending my life and are going to give me the best shot with the foundation that, that, I, that I was born with, and I make those decisions every day. So again, I live, just as a footnote, I live 32 and a half years on raw fruits and vegetables, no baked potato, to this day never had a piece of pizza, never had a glass of milk, I've never had... I never had a piece of fish. I never had a hot dog at baseball games that I love to go to. Didn't have my first cake until I was about 65 years old for my birthday. My wife made me a Kathy Fisher uh, healthy carrot cake. <laughs> but I consider myself really lucky. That's all. Yeah. So I, I don't remember if you if you mentioned why your parents made that decision. And was it just yourself or did that include uh, your siblings as well? My parents, my parents had health problems, like, like I mentioned, so many people. It's a health crisis. My father worked for a guy who was an ardent vegetarian. My father was a boxer, a very athletic guy. And one day with my older brother collapsed with polio. And he was diagnosed with polio and told 1949, 1950, he was never going to walk again. That wasn't acceptable to my father. Um, this guy, Ben Blumenthal, uh, owned a furniture company that he worked for, said, hey, Max, you know, why don't you come hear this lecture of Dr. Shelton and Dr. Benish in Cleveland, Ohio? They did. It made sense. Again, why does it make sense to some people and not others? I don't know. But they bought a, they bought a, a, a vegetable juice machine. They've got a slant board. They started exercising. They opened their windows, got fresh air, pure water. Um, and like everybody, it was a path. But it made sense. My mother had some had some thyroid and some appendix issues. My brother had bronchial asthma. So the whole family was kind of a little bit of a train wreck. And then I come along in 1951. My parents were really newbies at all this. And one of the crazy things that they didn't want to do was give me cow's milk. And even crazier, they didn't want to vaccinate me. And in 1951, not wanting to do those things was pretty controversial. The family put a lot of pressure on my parents, on, on extended family. Uh, my mother was trying to nurse me, at least so the story goes. Her milk spoiled. Uh, I developed projectile vomiting. I got really, really sick, almost died. Went under the care of this Dr. Benish, who, thank God, was in Cleveland at the time. He took me, uh, took me, my parents, under his wing 
uh, got me through that crisis, put me on that path, and the rest, as they say, is history. And because it because I survived and seemed to thrive, you don't mess with a good thing. So that's why my parents did what they did with me. Incredible. Having had those 32 years of experience as a raw foodist, uh, eating raw foods, what are some of the recommendations that the National Health Association makes when it comes to how much raw food should be in our diet? Well, I think uh, for the same reason that I did not continue on a raw food diet is that I, I, I think what I realized when I was 32 years old, that that there are very few physicians that recommend a raw food diet. Number one, it's difficult to sustain without some starches in your diet, without some, you know, uh, it, it just can be difficult to maintain weight. It can be da- difficult to da- maintain uh, satiety, I think, for people. But again, is it necessary? And there are, and I think the better thinking is there are some foods that just really you can't consume raw. I mean, kale and spinach and things like that. I guess you can put spinach in your salad. I do. Kale, unless you massage it with some avocado or something, is a little bitter. Certainly, you can't eat legumes, you know, split peas. And you're not going to eat split peas raw. And I guess you could sprout peas and things like that. But there are things that you just can't. And so I, I think uh, it, it is not necessary and is not always uh, effective. That being said, I think that uh, I think Dr. Furman and everybody else would recognize that that live foods, fresh fruits and vegetables need to be the lion's share of what you're doing. Dr. Furman likes to say, it's one of my favorite phrases, uh, your salad should be your main course. That's what you should have, your salad and not not a lentil salad, not all, you know, in, in the vegan world, a little personal gripe that I got is salads don't mean salads. Salads mean almost everything but romaine lettuce and cucumbers and celery and tomatoes and things like that. You go to a vegan restaurant, you're hard pressed to find a salad. But in in the National Health Association, if you come to our conferences, if you go on our cruises, a salad bar is a real salad bar at every meal with lettuce, all kinds of lettuce and, and sprouts and things like that, fresh, whole live foods. And I think everyone I think the better science says today, that's where your phytochemicals, that's where your all these factors come from, that should be the lion's share of your diet. So even though I still have a cooked meal every day and probably would go to bed hungry if I didn't have a, a Japanese yam or a sweet potato or some slip pea soup or something at night, salad is still the main course for, for lunch and dinner. I'm kind of a fruit and oatmeal guy in the morning, but even there, my old buddy, Dr. Benish, used to say that, you know, you should have some celery and romaine lettuce with all of your meals. Chef AJ would say, you know, you want you want your vegetables and that for breakfast as well. Okay, again, we all have our habits, but the main point is that I think it is we recommend in the National Health Association uh, and what we try to demonstrate in our conferences is that you need to get a high percentage of your diet should be the cruciferous vegetables and fresh and whole and live. And that's where the best enzymes and the best nutrition is. And for anybody who fights weight problems, when you fill up on a salad, as long as you don't lace it with the wrong kind of dressings and things like that and croutons and all that other kind of stuff, you'll, you won't have any weight problems filling up on a salad. Yeah. Just won't. It, it yep. won't. You can eat all you want with no guilt and, um, and you'll do just fine. So, uh, again, I, we're not a raw food organization. We've never been. 
We do. We have stood for the proposition that you know, the more whole foods, whole plant foods you get into your diet, the better you are. And without added oil, salt, or sugar, that's the optimal gold standard. We know everybody's on a path. Not everybody's there. But we, at our conferences, we go to set the gold standard and show you not only you can do it, but it can be enjoyable and satisfying and tasty and all that. But not everybody's there. It's not a crime because you haven't, you didn't grow up 32 and a half years like Mark Huberman did. That's just, you know, everybody's all there. And everybody's blessed with different constitutions. One of our doctors, Dr. Nathan Gershfeld, says sometimes, you know, how much, how much, um, how strict do you have to be? You have to be as strict as your body requires. <laughs> Some people need a little more than others. <laughs> just the way it is. I've heard you say that there are, you know, plenty of healthy, healthy uh, uh, recipes out there. We see Chef AJ always making some sort of delicious uh, salad. So let's talk about the conference. So when, uh, if we can back up a little bit, when did you get involved with the National Health Association? So early on, you started attending the conferences. At what point did you decide you're going to get more involved, join the organization, the association, and then, you know, be part of the conferences and everything else that you do now with the magazine as well? My parents started sending me to conferences. I think the first one I can remember was I was 10 years old at, at a hotel, the Pitt Congress Hotel in Chicago, Illinois, and they actually put me up as a speaker. As a young guy, I was kind of a novelty. They'd never met anybody who has, you know, been born on raw food since birth. And so I had this iconic picture of my speaking at the American Natural Hygiene Society with Dr. Shelton in 1964 or 63. And that was pretty special. When I was 18 years old, um, again, I'd been going to these conferences, you know, for year after year with my parents. And I was always, I've always been kind of a, a leader type guy, even in my community. I'm involved in lots of community organizations and things like that. So they thought I was kind of an interesting guy. So I got on the board of directors when I was 18 years old. Wow. And uh, I went to undergraduate school and then law school. And when I graduated from law school, there was some organizational turmoil, like every organization, like a lot of organizations go through. And in 1977, I, I believe that I became the youngest national president of the American Natural Hygiene Society. Um, when I was like 23 years old, something like that. And I really never left. And, and in 19, in 1978, a year into my first year as president, I always thought that people needed something for their, um, a bang for their buck for their membership. And so I invented, was part of the creator of what we now call health, what, what is now health science magazine. Mm-hmm. It actually, uh, I'll show you this here. It's kind of over my shoulder, but here was, This was the first issue of Health Science Magazine, published in 1978. And uh, you'll see there was a very young Mark Huberman, looked a little different in those days. Uh, (laughs) But the interesting thing that has not changed about that magazine is that it is a very unique publication. I don't know of any like it's 40 pages long. It has no advertising in it. Um, it is just articles. Every issue has a feature interview with some of the deans of our health movement, the leading voices like Neil Bernard, Michael Greger, uh, this most recent one with Dean Ornish. Uh, and, um, so I, it's a pleasure for me to get to know these people, but to share their lives with our people. There's recipes in each issue, but it's not a recipe magazine. Most, if you go into a health food store or a you know, whole food store and you pick up forks over knives or any of these really nice magazines, 
they're mostly recipes because that's what people like. We have recipes in our in every issue, but there's five or six or seven recipes by SOS free chefs. So Chef AJ, Kathy Fisher, um, um, uh, one after the other uh, that we that we feature. Um, so it is that. Then there's testimonials. There's uh, in-depth articles on various subjects. There's Q&As. It's a nice mix. And people tell us um, often that it's the only magazine they read cover to cover because it's just an interesting mix of inspiration and education. And uh, again, if you, as I'm sure you can attest, Maya, you look at the magazine, this is as high a quality a magazine that you'll find on the newsstand. I mean, we don't scrimp on paper. We don't scrimp on photography. We don't scrimp on anything. It's very expensive and it's cost way more than the $35 that's included in the membership to get it quarterly. But we, we're able to do it because people donate to help us publish it each year. We do an annual appeal and people do that. And obviously our membership keeps growing. If you look on the back of each magazine, we list all the new members just since the last issue. On the inside, on the inside of the back cover. I'm yes, sorry. and awesome. it's, it's three or four hundred between every between every publication from all over the country. These are real people. There are cities where they live, and so again, I'm real proud of the magazine. Um, it's it's. I think it's one of the best magazines on the planet, and we really work really hard to make it interesting. And again, for thirty five dollars, when you join the National Health Association, you get that actual magazine in the mail quarterly. And when you register on our website, when you become a member for that same basic $35, you gain access to all 44 years of back issues for nothing. You can just download them and read every issue. So it's a pretty good deal. And there's also, you know, when I said about the history of the of the American Natural Hygiene Society and the modern whole food plant-based health movement, even our organization, the founders of our organization, were inspired by people that wrote in the 18th and 19th century, what they call the natural hygienists. And there are ebooks on the history of that health movement that are also available to download for free when you become a member on the rich history of this. Sylvester Graham, most people know him as the Graham Cracker kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Graham was really one of the fathers of, of healthy living and, and, healthy, and having fresh air and open windows. And talk about when they had the cholera epidemics in New York, people went to the Graham houses. And they got well. They didn't die from cholera. And Isaac Jennings, who was one of the first guys to work with water fasting in the 1830s, and, and Russell Troll, Dr. Russell Troll, who ran a big clinic in, in New York, wrote a book called The True Healing Art, a, a, a lecture that he delivered on, on healthy living to the Library of Congress and the Smithsonian Institute. So it's a rich history. That's, that's our legacy mm-hmm. in the American Archaeology Society and now the National Health Association. When you become a member for that $35, you gain access to all of those resources for nothing. So it's a pretty good deal. I love how you feature people in the community. So uh, Dr. Colin Zhu was on the podcast recently, and I saw that he was being featured in your magazine. And so I said, well, look at that. Like, I'm familiar with his work. I listened to his podcast. But the way the article was so uh, well written and gave me sort of more of an insight to who he really is, I think that's when I became more intrigued when you have certain guests, um, certain people that are featured in the magazine, they, they share that through social media. 
and then suddenly I'm interested. And so, and, and, and as a matter of fact, I wonder if we can talk about that because you did say, you know, being that NHA is going to celebrate next year, its 75th anniversary. And I've heard you say, despite all of this that you've been doing and you are the gold standard for this way of living, not too many people have heard of NHA. Why do you think that is? Sure. I think we, we really have been the best kept secret. I think that's changing because, um, again, social media is an interesting phenomenon. You have a, an ability to reach people like you do through your show and so many others that you just, you couldn't do. You couldn't do it all days. It was, uh, I remember when we were planning our conferences back in the day, it was print magazine. You could advertise in Vegetarian Times or the East West Journal or one of these legacy publications, but it was really, you were getting the true believers but you couldn't, now you can reach worldwide anywhere you go. And so, again, we are, we are growing significantly. And part of it is, uh, uh, what's that old phrase? My glory is that we have such friends. Uh, on our board in the last couple of years is uh, Dylan Holmes of Well Your World. Uh, Dylan has a remarkable follow Chef AJ, of course, has been with us for many, many years. And when Chef A gives a shout out to anybody, <laughs> it's a big megaphone that she's got, and we go way back with Chef AJ. And the same thing with Brittany Giroudi. If you've ever watched the Giroudi family, Brittany's a member of our uh, of our of our yeah. board now. So Tammy and Tom Kramer of Nutmeg Notebook. These are all really good friends we're talking about. Us. So again, as evidenced by all the new members we keep getting, uh, we're not such a secret anymore. And. Uh, uh, really rewarding to, to have that, to enjoy that kind of growth. And, and we also do our own, we just started our own um, a Power Your Health Q&A, a monthly podcast where we have a, you can call in, we use a StreamYard platform, people can call in, post their questions and talk. And so we have one, we did um, Dr. Stefan Esser last month, we're doing on the 24th of May, uh, Dr. Christy Funk, uh, she's really neat. And um so on the fourth Tuesday, it's usually the fourth Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can register on our website for free. You don't have to even be a member and you get to interact with these people. And uh, so we're doing what we can to even become more well-known. Um, we'd like to be as famous as Dr. Greger, but, you know, the more we interview Dr. Greger, the more he talks about us, the better it gets. Um, okay, so your website has is like a hub full of so much information. So you talk about your conference there. It's uh, the information for the conference and upcoming events are, is are found there. You have recipes. You have information on traveling, which also includes the cruises. Let's talk about the conference because there's a virtual component to it, which is very exciting. Now you know if you're not able to travel or feel restricted, or still feel concerned about traveling this year, you can now sign up virtually. So what can we expect for the conference this year? And I believe it's in June. Sure, June 24th and 26th. But we tell people that if, you're, if, you're, if, you, can, if you can come, uh, you come on Thursday the 23rd because we offer like a bonus session. We have actually Jane Esselstyn uh, coming Thursday evening, uh, Caldwell's Daughter. She's an amazing RN and an educator and really inspiring. And so she'll be there Thursday night. And then when you're there Thursday night, you're available Friday morning because, again, one of the things we do to make it a really uh, inspiring weekend is that uh, we last year took four buses, people to the beautiful uh, Cleveland Metro Parks, part of the Cuyahoga Valley National Park System. That um, So we do a hike on Friday morning and, uh, and then people come back to the hotel. The conference gets going on 
Friday afternoon. So it's a great way to kick off the event. Cleveland is the only city in the country with a national park. Uh, the Cuyahoga Valley National Park System is in there, and there's just breathtakingly beautiful areas. So we'll do that. Uh, we have some great speakers this year, in addition to people we have every year, people that kind of, again, their heart and soul of our movement are Joel Furman and Alan Goldhammer and Frank Sabatino and Stefan Esser. This year, we've added Dr. Columbus Batiste, the cardiologist, who's Brenda Davis. If you've never met Brenda Davis, she's Brenda's as, as good as it gets, as articulate and inspiring a presenter as uh, you'll ever find. So we have all those speakers in addition to Dylan Holmes and Brittany Giroudi and all that. So it's a great time. Uh, you have a great year. And one of the other interesting things is that the, a, a deal we have with the hotel. So our meals at the conference are Friday night dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Saturday, breakfast, lunch on Sunday, and then go home. But if you come early or if you stay late, the hotel makes NHA-compliant meals, essentially the same meals we offer at the conference, but you get them in their restaurant a la carte, so you decide what you want. So you don't have to run out to Whole Foods. You don't have to bring a cooler for your room. Um <laughs> You can forget about that when you come to our conferences. It's really good. So this year, to come to our conference, we're one of the most affordable conferences you can find. There are still uh, tickets available for the live conference of $665. It includes all your lectures, all your meals, and that for the weekend. But if you can't, and the, and the hotel is only $139 a night at an embassy suite. It's a beautiful, beautiful hotel. Handicap access, by the way. Handicap accessible for, uh, for everyone. Um, if you can't, we just offered a virtual option. But the virtual option, which I think is $97 through May 21st, and then it goes up to $129. With that, ours is a little bit different than the typical virtual hybrid conference that you watch on Zoom. What we do with ours is that we do a lot of interactive stuff so that if you're part of the live audience, you'll be on beforehand. You'll be on after, during breaks. I'll, I'll go out and interview one of the doctors you're talking to. You can post your questions to them yourself. I take you through the lunch line. You can't eat virtually, but you can see how we do it and the kind of meals we have and meet the people that are there. So we keep it, we try to make it really interactive. So you're not just kind of sitting there like you're watching a TV show. Our, our goal is to make it really interactive. And then for that same $97, you also get the right to uh, the replays of all of those lectures for at least six months. We say six months, but last year we actually never shut it off. So, And they're posted on Vimeo. So it's just like watching YouTube. So you use your username, password. You can watch some. You can come back to it. And they're all just posted as a series. So, And we also, in addition to the lectures, there's food demos, exercise classes. We're having John Pierre, if you know the legendary JP, um, JP will be doing an exercise. You'll be able to follow his class right there. Learn how to use stretch bands and things like. That. So it's a very, um, it's a very engaging sort of live stream replay option, rather than just a virtual conference where you could just watch lectures. It's a little bit different. We try to. We did it last year for the first time. The reviews were really good, and then we were we were newbies. We were rookies doing it last year. Now we know a lot better. And the hop in platform we use is pretty interactive. So, um, again, they can go to healthscience.org. You can register for the live conference. You can register for the virtual option. And, uh, again, you'll, and you'll see on our website not only all the speakers, but you'll see the entire conference schedule is there too. 
and you'll see what the doc what what the doctors and other presenters are talking, what subjects they're going to address, and so we think that uh, it's a pretty good. We're, we're veterans at doing this, you know. The holistic holiday at sea has maybe been around when they were doing it before COVID, you know, maybe six seven years something like that. We've been doing it since 1949 was the very first conference. So the NHA has been doing these things for a long time. And my wife and I, my wife Wanda has done the food and she's been the conference planner. We've been doing it since 2017. So we're pretty good at this game. Yeah. And uh, we give people a good time. Now, this is the first time that I've seen that children can register. This is impressive. We do. How special is that? You know, you asked, you asked something before about, um, I remember early on you asked me about, what do you tell people about live foods, fresh foods? Well, Wanda and I, my wife and I are blessed to have our first grandchild. And her parents are not vegan. They're not whole food plant-based. But they're inspired enough to know, well, my wife, we babysit a lot, particularly my wife. So we have the opportunity to do something pretty special that, that I think all the doctors in the NHA, Dr. Furman, Dr. Esser, all that have raised children themselves would say, it's really important early on to introduce your kids to live foods, get them oriented to strawberries and blueberries and bananas and not baby food out of a char- jar, but make your own, you know, mashed banana and things like that and learn, let them learn. That. I think that's the secret of how I stuck it out this long. Chef AJ once said when I interviewed him, what was the secret of how you withstood all the pressures of conformity in the world and all that? She said, if I write my book, I should call it Don't Get Started is the way I should call the book. Because I think if you, if you don't get started on these, on, on chocolate and, and, and all these kind of, perver- uh, all these, um, uh, pleasure trap tastes, your tastes will be oriented in a different direction. So we, there's no better joy that my wife and I have right now than introducing our nine month old grandchild to strawberries and, and bananas and, 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 um, and broccoli and, uh, and yams, Japanese yams and, that's just great. But I think it's more than just our pleasure and more than just the nutritional foundation that she's getting. But you're getting tastes oriented from early on. It's so sad that in school today, you know, the old joke about vegetables are, are ketchup, you know, are considered vegetables, relish and all that. That's not how we want taste to be oriented. We want kids to learn melon and mangoes and, and, and all these wonderful, wonderful tastes. So, uh, it's a recommendation that we have uh, to parents raising young children. Get them oriented. You know, you can control, as somebody once said, you can control what you do in your house. You can't necessarily control what kids do when they go off to school, and you don't want to have neurotic children by, you know, being the police. But if you set the good foundation at home, make them learn the love of fresh peas and tomatoes and cucumbers and avocados and things like that. Well, you led a pretty good foundation. So that's what, we, that's what we preach in the National Health Association. I love the idea that they'll have exposure to hundreds of other people and adults to see that they are not the only ones, uh, you know, living no, this you're not way. Yeah, no, so you're not 
And you can attend a conference with your your parents and, you know, vice versa. The families can come together and learn together. Um, so I love that you're supporting children. This is so cool. Uh, there's a documentary that I saw on Netflix. I don't know if it's there anymore, but it was called The Children's Menu. And I am a former school teacher. And so for me, it became very important when I learned that children really want to be involved in the kitchen, especially they want to be able to be, you know, to help in doing the groceries and the prepping of it all. They love the idea of gardening. It's just that I think sometimes we always, uh, and you said it, you know, there's that the kids menu in certain restaurants where it's all the junky processed, nutrient deficient food. Why should they eat differently than we do when we're eating clean? Why do, why are we not promoting healthy dishes uh, to children? So when the children are on board, yeah, send them to a conference. That is awesome. You have, um, different groups. So you have like children from ages two to 12. Uh, and also then from 13 to 16. Do you also have activities for them, to, you know, separately? We have a room just for kids. Obviously, everybody eats together, which is a, a different experience. But you know, we have this is again, a very, it's in a very nice area. So they go on hikes, they go, they do activities, they do. We have the other thing we do that's just kind of neat is that so Vitamix is one of our sponsors, we have gifted chefs like uh, Brittany Giroudi and Dylan Holmes. So they come and they do demos and workshops with the kids just for them. So they make nice cream. They make that kind of stuff. Um, and, the, and the doctors, we have the doctors also. We schedule them to spend time just with the children. So again, it's not their parents talking to them. It's a little bit different. And we find that pretty meaningful for kids and um we had probably 10, 11, 12 kids last year of different ages. And, and uh, so we do, we have a kids coordinator and, you know, but it, it, it is, and again, I, mean, I think that's part of the reason that, you know, that I grew up in this movement because I grew up with. Yeah. I think you're probably the the only conference in this world that we live in, uh, pl whole plant-based foods lifestyle that is supporting children. I don't know of anybody else that's doing what you're doing. Yeah, I think Summerfest. Vegetarian Summerfest that they did for years in Cleveland did foster a lot of children. You know, obviously they're not anywhere near as narrowly focused as we are on health. There's a lot. Summerfest was like a, an umbrella for lots of different things, but they did nurture children and that was a good thing. They did. I mean, but the, other than that, I agree with you. I'm not aware of anybody else in, in the, in the, in this space that does that. I want to encourage our listeners to really look into this and send this information to, you know, the conference inf information to anyone that you think may benefit. If they have children that, that are already on board, this is a wonderful way to support them. I also see um, that you have other physical activities, like kind of like you were saying, even with your cruises, uh, they're active. Well, here you have walks, uh, guided walks, you have chair yoga. So there's that physical component. Because uh, a lot of times when we do, we go to conferences, we sit. <laughs> uh, and so you have the physical movement aspect to this. This is wonderful. Dr. Clapper says it's the food. Well, it's a little more than just food. It is food is a lot, but you really do need to move. You need to exercise. You need balance in your life. And uh, so we try to touch all those dimensions um, during our conference and, and with our children and all that. So it's also a primary of 
large too. So in and topics that you cover, like you mentioned with Dr. Bautiste, who's a cardiologist, he'll talk about uh, a cure for a broken heart, meaning just heart disease. And then a topic on really protecting ourselves against cancer and COVID, because that's a conversation. COVID is a conversation we ju- we're just going to continue to have. I'm really supporting our immune system because that's the key, right? If we have a healthy gut, a, a strong immune system, our body is able to um, fight um, some of these conditions. And also cooking demos uh, with Dylan. Everybody likes that. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Well, this is amazing. And so registration is open now, and the conference takes place June 24th through the 26th. By the way, it's the Embassy Suites in Independence, which is a suburb of Cleveland. It's like a five-minute or 10-minute Uber from the Cleveland Hopkins Airport, which is an international airport. Uh, the hotel is uh, in a lovely area right next to a Top Golf. If anybody knows what Top Golf is, it's a fun activity. If you've never been to Cleveland, there's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, there's, there's the uh, Great Lakes Science Center. Uh, Cleveland's a neat town and the parks. So if you want to come early and stay late, uh, the $139 hotel rate applies to a couple days before and a couple days after. So if you've never been to Cleveland, I uh, used to be called the mistake on the lake, but it's not anymore. Cleveland's a great town. And uh, so you'll, you'll really have a nice, it's a nice area. And the hotel is lovely. It was renovated a few years ago. But if you've ever been to Embassy Suites, one of the nice thing about them is that all the rooms are suites. So you all have a you know a, a, a mid-sized refrigerator. You have two rooms. So if you're coming with a guest, there are literally two rooms. There's a fold-out couch. The 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 all the rooms are like an atrium. Uh, again, I mentioned the handicap access of this. They just there's usually a like an atrium in the center. And one of the things they did when they renovated this one a few years ago is there used to be a bunch of steps you had to go up and all these barriers. And now it's all. Uh, on, on pretty much on one level. So it's a lovely, lovely hotel uh, to be, lovely area. And um, I think people have a great time. I think so. Yeah, it's it looks amazing. And so also, I'm interested in kind of this partnership that you have with we did it.health. They're going to have a sort of an, a summit as well. Is that in conjunction with your conference? It's, it's, it's on Thursday during the day of the conference. And Peter Goldstein is it's the kind of the brainchild of a guy named Peter Goldstein. And there's a bunch of wonderful speakers he's bringing in, trying to create ambassadors to get the world to get a million vegans within uh, you know near period of time. And so he's got some wonderful speakers coming in for that. And um, and those people obviously can stay over for our conference as well. But it's a nice gathering for that day. It's a separate registration for that event, but I, I, it's not expensive and. It's you go to wedidithealth.com and he's he's a good guy and his speakers will will be at our conference anyway. So it'll be real nice. Pretty cool. Uh, Just one last thing while I have a couple other things before we wrap up, but can you give us a little insight as to what people can expect uh, if they decide to do the Alaskan cruise? Because I I have my eye on that one. Well, you know, I, I I can only tell you that that Alaska, like the Galapagos, has always been on my bucket list. Baja was always uh, okay, you know, go and swim with dolphins. And like that. <laughs> but Alaska, it's like the last frontier, you know. Right. And the Galapagos is is just extraordinary. And so uh, again, the, this is an active river cruise. So you're going up, not a river cruise, active cruise up up uh, whatever the place is. And there's a there are side trips to the Denali National Park, which my wife and I plan on doing. Uh, after the cruise for a few days and 
So Alaska is just beautiful and you, you have lots of options that you can do. Again, it's again, the difference between what this is and what a lot of cruises are. You're just not going to a, a port and go to Charlotte Amalia if you go into Nassau and go to the trinket shops and things like that and then get back on the ship and have your entertainment. This is seeing Alaska. This is exploring glaciers and Alaska's extraordinary wildlife. And that's what it's been on my bucket list for forever. And so to be able to do it and not have to worry about my meals, that's sliced bread, sliced whole wheat bread, <laughs> organic whole wheat bread. It's really good with, with, an avocado, with, some, with a mashed avocado on it. <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes you think of some cruises where people solely only go to eat like their idea is, you know, buffet style, eat all that you can, all you can eat in one sitting and then lounge around, have a drink here or there. No, this is about us taking care of ourselves and embracing what nature has to offer. On our cruises, they are not. Now, there may be in Alaska, maybe a lecture, but that's not I I don't even think so. Our Baja was not a lecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, our Ryan, our river cruise was not a lecture. This is this is healthy vacationing. Mm-hmm. This is the lifestyle. It's not. That's the other difference between that and holistic holiday. Again, you're not going to have all these stars of our movement there that to inspire you, which is a great. You know, it's an extraordinary thing to be in the presence of Michael Greger and Michael Clapper and all these incredible people. That's not what our cruises are. That's what not our travel is. Our travel is about the lifestyle maybe goes back to a core philosophy that I like to always talk about who Mark Huberman is. I'm always, a, I always like Joel Furman's, the title of his book, Eat to Live, rather than, and, and it's in contrast to live to eat. I think when people go on cruises, it's almost they live to eat on, on the ship and all the entertainment. <laughs> Ours is eat to live, the eat is the fuel to do, the, to do these wonderful, to see the world and see travel. And that's kind of how I've been my whole life. I've, I've never looked at my, um, my 32 and a half year old raw food diet or anything as, as, uh, as anything more than that fuel to allow me to enjoy life to the fullest. I love baseball. I don't go to baseball games to eat popcorn and, and Cracker Jacks and things like that. I do take my peanuts and I take my, you know, uh, seedless grapes and an avocado sandwich or things that they'll let me in with. But that's why I go. I, I don't go to eat as so many people do. And I don't travel that way either. And I, I, I eat to live. And part of our travel, and that is to enjoy all that life has to offer, theater, sports, the arts. That's who Mark Huberman is. And, and I, I've often said that if, if people ask me, um, if people don't ask me what I eat or how I live or what I think about health, I won't tell them. I'm not a proselytizer about what I do. If people ask me, I'll, I'll talk all day long, and I'm very proud of and, and thrilled to share what I know. But I don't proselytize about that, uh, and I think I try to do it by example. That's what I've always done my whole life. I think it's a much more successful way of getting people to follow, whether it's religion or politics or anything else. And so, uh, again, I, I, uh, I'm much more, although I've lived this rather unique upbringing and still live a rather unique life that's the smallest part of my life i mean i'm i'm involved with my synagogue and with my you know our local community theater and and corrections and and 
and the magistrate education. And, and I love to go to New York every chance I get to see Broadway shows. And I love to travel. That's what I love. And, and food just gets me there. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're more so much more than the food, but it feels so good to be around other people who respect and are, you know, believe in the same things when when it comes to food. So I agree that, you know, and I said it earlier that the vegan cruise I went to in 2019 kept me very busy. Yes, I got to meet my heroes. I was able to take a photo with Chef AJ and, you know, all people that I admire but I can't say that I actually met people that on my level who I could stay in touch with. It's a really, people that come to our conferences, uh, it's a reunion. It is. There are people that, you know, when I said how we don't get invited to dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, people that with the conference that have become longtime members of our association, you know, they're few in between, but we have some great, some of our best friends in the world are in Pittsburgh where Brittany Giroudi and some other family members are. When we go to Cleveland, we have just great friends that have become lifelong and you do share on a very special level. And certainly when you come to the conferences, you are you're having lunch with. And by the way, when you talk about meeting your heroes, seeing your heroes, another unique thing about our conferences is that Joel Furman and Alan Goldhammer and Frank Sabatino and Stefan Esser, these people who grew up in this organization like me, Mm -hmm. this is coming home for them. So you're eating lunch with them. You're, you're, they're, they're in the audience just like you. You're sitting there, you're likely to be sitting there. You're standing out in the lobby waiting for the next thing with them. They're taking the exercise. Joel Furman's leading the exercise class. It, it's just, it, it's that kind of experience that's much more personal than just sitting in a hall, receiving a lecture, maybe getting a question answered. It's very much one-on-one. We're very much part. We we try to really keep it as part of a family and a community. That, that term gets overused, I think, sometimes. But we really are, and people people do come to our conferences. That's the experience that they enjoy. We are living in a time where we actually miss each other. Like I'm looking forward to. I've signed up for a few things. I'm looking forward to coming back together with people in general. I just feel very deprived because of the you know the pandemic, the last two or three years. Also, uh, I wanted to add, as we talk, uh, I want to mention how people can become members of uh, the organization, the association, but I want to mention that you also highlight members through a, a link that you have on testimonials. So this was really cool because uh, obviously I see a lot of familiar faces, but it's very different in the sense that people are able to share their story in a beautiful uh, platform here uh, in a great format. And so you have everyone, I mean, you have so many people that I'm familiar with, like Brittany's on there and Tammy Kramer. Um, so yeah, how can people become a member? And you said for $35, you get four issues, I think. You go to healthscience.org. It's the name of the magazine. That's our URL at healthscience.org. And you can sign up for $35 is for one year. That that price probably hasn't been raised in probably 25 years, despite postage, despite everything else. It's been the same $35. And there's always a tension because the magazine costs probably about $12,000 an issue to produce, $35 doesn't quite defray the cost of the magazine. But again, our members believe in what we do and, and, and try to get the message out there. So they support us, but we've kept the price low. So for 35 bucks, if you join for two years, you save five bucks, it's only $65. 
If you want to do a little more, you can become a member of what's called the Century Club. You pay $100 a year. And if you pay $100 a year for 10 years, you become a life member and you never have to pay again. Or if you make a $1,000 one-time payment. Uh, and we, in each issue of the magazine, people like their 15 minutes in the sun. And we try <laughs> to highlight those people that do step forward, become a life member, become a Century Club member. And we often, like you say, we often invite them to share their stories, their testimonials. And we archive all those on the website. So it's not just you see it in the spring issue of the magazine, you see a story about somebody, and then if you don't keep your magazine, it's gone. They're all archived on our website. And one of the things I was going to add that's similar to that is that when you read the interviews that I do, what I what I try to do in the interview, and I do all, that's the feature interview is kind of what I do in addition to being the executive editor. I try to, when I interview Michael Greger, or just now with Dean Orange, I try to, everybody Everybody will likely hear what he says about how to reverse heart disease and what his program's like. I think people are more interested in who they are, what their inspiration is. And when you read, I mean, it was an education for me about the Swami and Dr. Ornish, and you read how he was almost and was suicidal. And he runs into this guy. It's not how you'd think of Dean Ornish. And I do the same with whether it's John McDougall or Michael Grever or Caldwell. I like to talk about, I like to not only uh, uh, bring out and share the extraordinary wisdom they have about our health and insights, but who they are. So in the upcoming issue, I'm just, I just edited the, did my first edit of the interview with Will Bolsowitz, the gut doctor. And it's just an interesting, he's just an interesting, fascinating story as to who he is, where he came from, um, and why he does what he does and what his family's like. So I, I try to make the interview a little more in depth. And people say that if there's one nice editing skill I got is that I bring out, I bring out the best in people that way. It makes the, the interviews engaging so that yes, you could watch a podcast. There are podcasts galore with all these guys. This is a little bit different and you can, you can have it. You can read it again. You can read it again. And again. But you know, there's an old saying that if when you go to a seminar, if there's one thing you take away, that's a successful seminar that you attended. So if you learn something a little bit more to connect to Caldwell Esselstyn or Dean Ornish, it's a different relationship. So that's what we try to do with the magazine. And by the way, I believe that people should be able to look before they leap. If anybody, if any of your listeners wants to learn what the National Health Association is about, they want to see Health Science Magazine, if they email me at mhuberman at healthscience.org, my first initial last name, healthscience.org, I'll send them a free PDF for the latest issue of the magazine. They just, for nothing, electronically. If they like it, they like what they see, and they want a print copy, uh, although this last issue has proved wildly popular with Dean Ornish. It's not going to last very long because he's, <laughs> he's the dean, and I, I've, I've, it's, I've had a run on the bank for this issue, but I've got plenty of other issues, but I, I, I would be happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Just send people a free PDF, electronic copy. You'll see the quality of it. And then if you like it, you join. And if not, you, you, your horizons have been a little more broad than yeah. that's all. Well, I definitely love your approach. It is true that we're used to hearing the, certain doctors tell their lecture pretty much, you, their perspective on lifestyle and yeah. disease. When we get to see another side of them, it's actually amazing. When I've heard you say, um, especially when Dr. Uh, Campbell, he wrote the China study and he was part of the way there. 
but he not fully on board. So I did not know that because that's something he doesn't mention very often. Yeah, you talked about how he went to True True North and then kind of detox and went through the whole thing. And, and then so suddenly I'm seeing him with new eyes. Can you imagine Dr. Campbell writes this groundbreaking book is with a great title. He's about to go on to speak and he can't speak because he had been exposed to dioxin and had a swelling of his tongue and his mouth. And he and he, he came to one of our conferences and met Dr. Goldhammer, met Dr. Burton and some of our leading guys. And I said, you know, maybe you could try this. Because he his interest at the time was just animal animal protein and the danger of animal protein and, and societies with animal protein or plant-based protein. He didn't really have the bigger picture of whole plant foods. And he, he evolved, but by going to our conferences... So that was, I agree, when I interviewed him about it, I wondered whether he'd even want to talk about it because it was you know, kind of an embarrassing personal thing. But not only did it, but he did it as a badge of honor. But I think it was really uh, enlightening and interesting for people to, to read about where did he come from? How did his thinking evolve? That's what we try to do with Health Science Magazine. I love that. It makes him more relatable to us, like more human, like, oh, he's, he also had an issue. He, he wasn't just the doctor, the scientist, like he went through his own uh, personal. And like you said, it could be in some sense seen as embarrassing, um, but a difficult situation that he overcame and True North was part of that recovery. And then that moved him along to now understanding really Whole Foods. Like, he wrote a great book called Whole, which yeah. really could have been written by Dr. Shelton and Dr. Bennett. That is the essence of this health movement that, you know, we have a, a whole, so much of the world is focused on reductionism and trying to find, well, how much of B12 or calcium or getting this factor or that factor. He said, don't lose the big picture. Don't lose yeah. the big picture. And that's what he, he's, he's to, to me, is a legend in our time. So any plans for the 75th anniversary of the association? You know, it just dawned on me, uh, believe it or not, uh, my wife brought it up to me uh, about a month ago that, hey, this is going to be our 75th year. That just, you know, with all the all the crazy things we're doing, it didn't even dawn on me. So we are in the stages of that, but it's going to be uh, quite a celebration that you're going to yeah. want to be at. Uh, it's going to be the place to be. And I think um, in our health movement, the giants that you know, Michael Clapper and 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 uh, and um, Neil Bernard, and all of these people had the, the first platforms where they got to speak were at the conferences of the American Natural Hygiene Society, the National Health, because there were no other forums. We were the place where people, the, the health reformers gathered, the faithful gathered every year. Now, obviously, they've gone on to great, to do great things, but I think they're going to remember their roots, and I think they're going to be happy to be with us to celebrate uh, our rich heritage in, in 2023 uh, at the end of June. Yeah. It's fascinating to see this whole full circle thing happening with uh, different people along the way, different uh, influencers and physicians and people who are sharing the message in different capacities. And to know that NHA has been a significant part of all of this, like really the foundation of it all. Um, it's it's amazing. So, yeah, we're going to have to be at that one at the 75th anniversary. You certainly so, do. Yeah. Is there, uh, Mark, anything else that you'd like to share with my listeners? I'll include all the links in the show notes. But do you have like a final message on on any, or even why they should become a member of the organization? You know, again, I think we have an extraordinary heritage. We have principles. We have standards. We have not wavered from that. Um, tell me another organization that doesn't sell anything 
doesn't sell anything but information and education. We don't have 18 CD or DVD sets. We have our conferences. We have a magazine that doesn't have any advertising in it. We've been 501c3 since 1969. Um, donations to the NHA are so, uh, tax deductible um, because our, we've all, we, our whole mission has been about education. And I'm just so proud that we have adhered to those standards uh, from the beginning. Uh, I think there is a you, you're really be part. I think you're becoming part of 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 a great legacy and a great heritage when you're a member of the National Health Association, and you can rely on the fact that the speakers that you'll hear at our conferences, the writers that you'll see in our magazine, and and the recipes that you'll see published are gold standard. Again, not that everybody has to become, you know, a hundred percent a raw foodist or a vegan or or SOS free overnight. But we're going to set the standard out there for you. And we've always done that in the National Health Association. And I'm just, it's uh, probably the privilege of my life to be in my retirement uh, to be able to do this and to share with my wife, Wanda, who retired from her longtime job as uh, in the insurance industry as a, with a very large insurance company to become the executive director to do what she loves after her transformation that people can read about if they go to healthscience.org and you look at the... Uh, Fall 2016 issue, you'll read the Wanda Huberman story that I think you'll find is as inspiring as everybody else. And she and I have been married uh, 31 years, and uh, she is looks younger than when I married her. And not only just younger than when I married her, but healthier than when I married her. And it's just to be able to share this together is great. And to be able to share this, I guess the last thing I'll say is that my maybe the greatest reward of my life is not just doing sharing, you know, what I believe in and all that in the organization, but that I've had the privilege of 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 calling as friends and colleagues the Joel Fermans of the world, the Alan Goldhammer, and seeing when I see Joel Furman on public television, that's a that's a moment of great satisfaction that these are my friends, my colleagues, and uh, to be able to share and help showcase them and give them even bigger platforms, everything I can do, that's pretty rewarding at this stage of my life. Yes, I love that. And by the way, I, I love the gentle approach that you took with your wife, Wanda, uh, that she was not necessarily fully on board. And you, you believe more in living your life and being a role model and living your truth. And she came, she eventually came around, also went to True North. And here you are, both of you working together in partnership as a married couple, but also in partnership to offer all of these resources to such a broader audience. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're both very lucky. Yeah, very much well, so. Very lucky. Alan, uh, Alan and, and Jennifer are very lucky. Uh, Caldwell and, and Anne are very lucky. Yeah. Um, John and Mary McDougall are very lucky. So those of us in this space that can share that, mm -hmm. we are really lucky. We, we really have, we count our blessings every day. I agree. We can do that. Very much so. Mark, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I hope to meet you in person soon. At our 75th. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor and share with one friend who can benefit from this episode. Feel free to leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to spread our message. You can also head on over to podinbox.com forward slash HLS to leave me a voicemail. Don't forget to subscribe. 
And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you.